Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed. And inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. You have survived it. You have made the weekend. You're back to it. Praise be to God. Hopefully everything went well for you. Uh, We had a great weekend. Mother's Day weekend, of course. We missed our family tradition. Long-standing family tradition. Mother's Day going to uh, Bass Pro Shops. Spending the day there. Taking it all in. Looking at the boats and the camouflage gear. Isn't that your Mother's Day family tradition? Okay, let's just be honest. I went there once on a family on a Mother's Day weekend, and we haven't been back since. But I hope to get back there someday. Praise God. Hopefully your Mother's Day was better than than ours anyway. Uh, But uh, praise be to God. We're going to have a great show for you today. Um, Robert Spencer is going to be on our program from Jihad Watch. He's not a guy who gets a lot of airtime anymore in Catholic circles. He's, He's had a rough go of it, let's just say. But there's so many headlines in regards to, like, for instance, I read one from the Gatestone Institute last week about France and the generals warning the government that a potential civil war is looming there because of the rise of of Islam. So where's the fact? Where's the fiction? Robert Spencer is going to be on our program to talk about that. In Nigeria, I mean, just recently, 12 Christians were murdered. Pregnant women, children, farmers, um by by Nigerian Muslims from the north. I mean, in France, there's a uh, headline that says, one mosque is erected every 15 days in France, while one Christian building is destroyed at the same pace. So what is the deal? What is going on? We're going to have Robert Spencer on in our What's Concerning Us section from the jihadwatch.com to have that conversation. Then in our guest segment, it'll be a little bit more uh, upbeat, I would say, former Swiss guard uh, Mario Insler. He is going to be on our program. He served under JP2, and we're going to talk about what it what is the Swiss Guard? What is their mission? What does it take to become a Swiss Guard? Why did he feel called to serving at the Vatican as a member of the smallest army on the planet? We're going to have that conversation with Mario Insler in our guest segment. All of that is coming up in this hour. Praise be to God. Plus breaking news and stories, saint of the day, gospel of the day conversation and all the rest it's going to be a jam-packed hour hopefully you can join us for that if you are at all able to join us in the next hour we're gonna uh, have our fear and trembling game show and our sponsor this week is littlewaydesign.co littlewaydesign.co we're thankful for their generous support and it's going to be a fun time hopefully you can join us for that you can find the rules and all the information plus watch the show and listen and hang out with us live right on our webpage grnonline.com forward slash cdt good morning to you emily alcarez good morning joe over the weekend one of my friends who's a teacher said that her students listen to our show oh praise be to god good morning i know high schoolers that's awesome yeah amen uh last week on the show how do you feel you know it's bittersweet i'm really excited to see my family but it's gonna be really sad to leave houston yeah you're you're now what we call five days in a wake-up You'll be uh, you're packed and out of here by the weekend, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going to spend the weekend packing up. But, yeah, next week I'll be flying home. 
All right. Well, last five days on the program today. Let's all keep Emily in in your prayers. Plus, whoever it is, God's intention and will to replace her on the show, we'd be grateful to you. Speaking of uh, speaking of needing prayers, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning, and uh, happy Mother's Day to to my mom and to all the moms out there. Yeah, amen. Did you guys do anything special? No, not really, because we were in San Antonio to celebrate my sister's uh, graduation, so that kind of detracted from the Mother's Day celebrations, uh, but, you know, today is also Mother's Day. It's uh, Mother's Day in Mexico, mm-hmm. so maybe we'll do something for my mom today. Hopefully she's not listening, and I can uh, surprise <laughs> her with something. What, did, what, would, what would it be? Just, it's just us, so just no worries to let it slip, but uh, what would you think you might do for her? Mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll... Uh, Stop by and grab some uh, a certain dessert and a cer- certain food on the way home, uh, and I'll leave it at that just in case she's listening. All right. Praise be to God. Well, we're going to have a great show. We're very excited. Again, Robert Spencer from Jihad Watch is going to be on and What's Concerning Us, and Mario Insler, uh, who is a, a dean over at the University of St. Thomas, but he served in the Swiss Guard under JP2, is going to be on in our guest segment. It's going to be jam-packed hour. Let's pray for whatever is your intention. You're welcome. If you're hanging out on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter this morning, be sure to smash the like button and the share. We'd be grateful to you. But uh, you can also leave your, your prayer intentions there. If you're listening to us on the Station of the Cross, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Or the Guadalupe Radio Network, good morning to you. We're very grateful you are here. Of course, your intentions are also included, uh, and your guardian angel knows what they are and would be happy to bring them and to include them in our, in our prayer today. So let's ask our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to pray for all of us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. The Catholic bishops in Texas have voiced opposition to a bill allowing certain adults to carry handguns without permits, which they say advances a culture of violence. The letter was signed by all the ordinaries of the state's 15 Catholic dioceses, as well as Bishop Stephen Lopes of the Ordinariate of the Chair of St. Peter. The bill, they said, fails to reflect a commitment to life or a vision of hope and instead accomplishes nothing more than to make it easier for potentially violent persons to act in anger or delusion. This will cause people to feel more threatened and more afraid, they say. They also argued that law enforcement officials do not support HB 1927 as it makes their oath to protect the public much more difficult. The Texas bishops concluded, nor do we, since it advances a culture of violence that puts everyone at further risk. An action alert from the Diocese of Corpus Christi stated that the church recognizes both the legitimate use of self-defense in proportion to a threat and the lawful authority of the state to regulate the sale and the possession of weapons. The diocese stated, the increased prevalence of weapons in society does not promote a culture of life. In fact, recent mass shootings in Georgia, Colorado, and tragically in our own state, bear out this reality. While a Catholic school district in Ontario failed to pass a proposal to fly the rainbow LGBT pride flag outside schools in June, the school board changed the proposal to say that staff should raise awareness around Pride Month. 
The board mandated staff training on the issue to encourage shared understanding and requested a review from the Ontario Education Minister. The school board amended the motion to remove the request to fly the pride flag and instead decided to put one poster in each Catholic school. Ontario is one of three Canadian provinces, the others being Alberta and Saskatchewan, that fully fund Catholic school systems with taxpayer money. While provincial governments set basic rules for the operation of these schools, local decisions are made by trustee boards elected by Catholics at the time of municipal elections. Schools are not owned by the diocese in which they operate. While bishops set catechetical curricula and ensure sacramental ministry in school contexts, they do not exercise control over the elected boards. Pope Francis called for the temporary suspension of intellectual property rights for COVID-19 vaccines in his video message to the Vax Live concert co-chaired by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. In his message to the concert, which will be broadcast on May, which was broadcast on May 8th, Pope Francis said, "The coronavirus has produced death and suffering affecting the lives of everyone, especially the most vulnerable. I beg you not to forget the most vulnerable." More than 20,000 vaccinated people filled the stadium at Vax Live, the concert to reunite the world, which was pre-taped on May 2nd in Los Angeles. The concert was organized by Global Citizen, an advocacy organization founded in Australia in 2008 focused on poverty reduction, with support from the Coca-Cola company, Delta Airlines, Verizon, and Procter & Gamble. In the Pope's video message, he said that a sick economy is one that allows a very rich few to own more than the rest of humanity. Pope Francis also spoke about the virus of individualism and the virus of closed nationalism, which he said stands in the way of the internationalism of vaccines. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. St. Joseph de Vastur, pray for us. St. Joseph de Vastour was born on the 3rd of January, 1840, on the family farm in Belgium. A small farm, it was a small farm, small family. He studied at a local college there. He joined the Picpus Fathers on the 7th of October, 1860, but he took the name of Damien. He became a seminarian in France, and he volunteered for missionary work while studying for the priesthood. He was sent to Hawaii and ordained in Honolulu on the 24th of May, 1864. He became a missionary on the islands where his single parish was the size of all of his native Belgium. He was the resident priest in the leper colony there on Molokai, where for years he worked alone to minister to the patients, spiritual and medical needs. His work turned a wretched dump for the unwanted into a real community with the best treatment of the day and patients who lived strong spiritual lives. He would unfortunately contract leprosy in 1885, and though severely crippled by the disease, Father Damien worked until the end. He would say, quote, The Blessed Sacrament is indeed the stimulus for us all, for, for me, as it should be for you, to forsake all worldly ambitions. Without the constant presence of our Divine Master upon the altar in my poor chapels, I never could have persevered, casting my lot with the lepers of Molokai. The, for, the foreseen consequences of which begins now to appear on my skin and is felt throughout my body. The Holy Communion being the daily bread of all priests, I feel myself happy, well pleased, and resigned in the rather exceptional circumstances in which it has pleased divine providence to put me." Unquote. Father Damien. 
He succumbed to leprosy on the 15th of April, 1889 in Molokai. He was canonized on the 11th of October, 2009 by Pope Benedict XVI. Saint Damien, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 15, verses 26 through chapter 16, verse 4. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify to me. And you also testify, because you have been with me from the beginning. I have told you this so that you may not fall away. They will expel you from the synagogues. In fact, the hour is coming when everyone who kills you will think he is offering worship to God. They will do this because they have not known either the Father or me. I have told you this so that when the hour comes, you may remember that I told you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, a disciple is not greater than his master. And where he is, the disciples ought to be as well. What does that mean? It means the Holy Cross. It means that they are to take up their cross, as Jesus said on multiple occasions through the Gospels, and to follow him there to Calvary and to die next to him. And this short passage, this very short passage, is very intimate exchange between Jesus and his apostles, the very men who would be martyred, except for John, who they tried to martyr, but it just didn't work. The rest would, would face martyrdom. They would face uh, excommunication from the synagogues. They would face death itself. But would they be resigned to peace in that moment? That, I think, is at the core of this particular passage. But notice also we see the, the procession of the Holy Ghost coming from the Father and the Son. Augustine would say, If it be asked here whether the Holy Ghost proceeds from the Son also, we may answer thus, The Son is the Son of the Father alone, and the Father is the Father of the Son only. But the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, is not the Spirit of one, but of both. Decimus, the blind in the 4th century, would say the Holy Spirit he calls the Comforter, a name taken from his office, which is not only to relieve the sorrows of the faithful, but to fill them with unspeakable joy. Everlasting gladness is in those hearts in which the Spirit dwells. Have peace. Be resigned to give your life to Christ, to his divine providence, no matter what comes. Be at peace. That's the heart of this gospel. Don't go anywhere. Robert Spencer from Jihad Watch is coming up next. We'll be right back. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, 
craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul. Unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Thank you, GloryAndShine.com, for generously underwriting a portion of our program. We're very grateful to you, GloryAndShine.com. Coming up in about 20 minutes from now, Mario Insler, former Swiss Guard, is going to be on our program to talk about uh, the Swiss Guard. They had a swearing-in of brand-new members, soldiers of the Swiss Guard, so we're going to get the background on the Swiss Guard, his own call to it. All of that coming up in about 20 minutes from now. Joining us by Zoom chat right now is Robert Spencer, the director of Jihad Watch and a Shulman Fellow at the David Horowitz Freedom Center. He's the author of 21 books, including the New York Times bestsellers, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Islam and the Crusades by Regnery Publishing, and The Truth About Muhammad, also Regnery, and the bestselling The History of Jihad from Muhammad to ISIS by uh, Bombardier Books. Good morning to you, Mr. Spencer. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Praise be to God, I'm alive, and that counts. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, it's good to have you on. We're grateful for your time today. There are a lot of stories that we've been reporting on this show over the past uh, several months, in particular, just last week, uh, out of the Gatestone Institute, I reported uh, an article that actually had a copy of a letter by retired generals in France warning the French government that a potential civil war is looming due to the rise of Islam. I've also done much reporting on persecution of Christians uh, at the hands of uh, Muslims in northern Nigeria. That's now pushing down south. Uh, there was the beheading of that Christian in northern Africa not all that long ago, just a few weeks. Uh, so we're, and we're seeing reports all the time. Is Islam on the rise? What should we know about that, Robert Spencer? Yeah, it's very much on the rise, but... This is a war that's been going on for 1,400 years. It's rooted in Islamic doctrine and theology based on the Quran, the holy book of Islam. And so it's really something that the church and the world has been facing since the beginning of Islam in the late sixth, seventh century. And uh, for a long time in the 20th century, it was not as fierce as it is now. But then the Saudis struck oil, the Islamic Republic in Iran was able to be established. Both of those things, plus modern communications, have given a tremendous impetus to the jihad in our own age, so that it's resurgent around the world. There was also a video, I think it was, was it last week? It was like a music video of sorts that came out of Iran depicting the U.S. Capitol building in, in Washington, D.C. being um, exploded by bomb. And there's hardly a tick on the radar of America over that. How, what do you make of that? Well, there's two reasons for that. One is that that kind of rhetoric comes out of Iran quite frequently, and they've been threatening that kind of thing for years. 
they uh, actually the the Iranian regime has ordered the people in Iran to chant death to America in the mosques every Friday which is the big day in Islam for congregational prayer and so that's uh, a, a, not just a slogan but Iranian officials have said that is the program of our whole regime and its overarching goal that's one thing but meanwhile it's not reported in the United States not so much because it's routine but because right now the Biden administration with the aid of the establishment media of course wants very much to re-enter the Iranian nuclear deal and so they don't want to report on anything that makes the Iranian regime look bad uh, real, real quick, um, Robert Spencer, the one thing that we often hear is that Islam is a religion of peace. And uh, about 10 years ago, you did a great debate with uh, Peter Kreeft on the only good Muslim is a bad Muslim. Um, did What is Islam? Because a lot of people were talking about the rise of Islam and things that are happening in the news. But what is it and why do people consider it a religion of peace and is it? Well, Islam is a religion in the first place. The word means surrender or submission, and it's all about submission. Submission of human beings to Allah, submission of the non-Muslims to the Muslims, submission of women to men, and so on. It's based on all kinds of interlocking and, and, uh, and uh, related submissions. And the submission of the non-Muslim to the Muslim is the reason why it becomes problematic for non-believers, because it actually has doctrines that mandate warfare against unbelievers. Now, in the face of that, even though that makes Islam unique among the religions of the world, in the face of that, we have this incredible PR campaign that's been quite successful with Islamic leaders and their allies saying that Islam is actually a religion of peace because the word Islam is related to the word salam, which means peace, and because the uh, overarching goal is to have the Sharia Islamic law established, which would mean peace over all the world. It would be established and enforced through violence, and so it's a strange kind of peace. But nonetheless, that's the basis of the claim. It's mainly advanced, however, in order to lull non-Muslims into complacency regarding the aggressive, violent, and expansionist character of Islamic doctrine. Robert Spencer is our guest. He is the founder of Jihad Watch. Jihadwatch.org is the website. Um, Robert, I want to go back to Europe again, specifically to France. France is the eldest daughter of the church. That's the title she's enjoyed for yeah. quite a number of centuries. And it, it's, it should be concerning to us as, as Christians worldwide, uh, specifically as Catholics that are uh, watching from an outside looking in to see our, the churches burn there. And there's an article on your website that says one mosque is erected every 15 days in France, while one Christian building is destroyed at the same pace. What do you, I mean, when you look at France, what do you think of, uh, in regards to specifically the situation in France and these churches burning and the rise of Islam there? As I said earlier, the generals have warned that they could be on the precipice of a civil war there. What do you make of, of France in particular? Well, the generals are absolutely right. And the uh, worst part of it is that the French government of Emmanuel Macron has promised to punish the generals rather than to heed their advice and take steps to try to head off the civil war. The French leadership, and as well as the governments of pretty much all of Western Europe, have engaged in policies that included mass Muslim migration without any regard 
for the cultural and societal consequences of what they were doing. And they did not even take into account to the slightest degree the fact that when they were bringing in large numbers of Muslims, they were not like other kinds of immigrants who might assimilate into their home country or at very least be grateful to come to the new country. Rather, this was the first immigrant group that was coming with a ready-made model of society and governance that it considered superior to that of the country to which it was coming. And the religion is based, is, is, is the basis of that feeling of superiority. So that it was rather inevitable that Islamic leaders would tell Muslims not to assimilate and that there would be grow, large and growing pockets of Islamic law, of areas where only Islamic law is enforced in France and elsewhere. Those areas are going to continue to grow. And as they do, they will come into increasing conflict with the people in France and elsewhere in Europe who do not wish to live under Islamic law. We have just about uh, five minutes left in our conversation with Robert Spencer from Jihad Watch, jihadwatch.org. Now, Robert, uh, in the 1680s, we had the Siege of Vienna. In the 1770s, we had the Battle of Lepanto. Um, in those times, it was complicated in Europe because some European countries uh, supported the Ottoman Empire and others didn't. But still, they were able to raise an army to fight back. Those days seem to be all but gone completely. Do you see it that way? Is there hope for the Christians in the West to uh, to rise again? I think there's always hope, Joe. You know, uh, the uh, I, I was born in the state of South Carolina, and the state motto is Doom Spiro Sparrow, while I breathe I hope, and I, I think that's a very good thing to keep in mind. You never know how things are going to work out. But the idea that there are going to be Christian armies forming in Europe to fight this, I think that's virtually inconceivable. Uh, there could be and probably will be armed conflict, and I hope that it is, uh, I hope that doesn't happen. But that's what the generals were warning about in France, because you've got this group that's implacable and aggressive and expansionist that wants to impose Islamic law. Eventually, it's going to come up against some population that's not going to want to have Islamic law imposed upon them. And so the story isn't over. It may be that the European people will react and try to find some peaceful way out of this or try to, at very least, assert their own culture and heritage and demand that those who come to the country accept it. And that would change things considerably. And so, it, it, as the great philosopher Yogi Berra said, it ain't over till it's over. <laughs> uh, Robert Spencer, uh, we have about three minutes left in our conversation. Uh, I was talking to some friends of mine, and we were talking about how the West is pretty much it, it's done because we're not having children. And the Muslims, even if they, it was all they did was, was raise families and live according to their uh, faith tenets, they would take over the world by the fact that they're having a lot of kids. And in the West, we're having one or two kids. Uh, can you speak about the, the birth rates and how this is a concerning issue? Yeah, you're quite right. That's the way it looks. And that's the way it could happen. Uh, but here again, history is full of surprises. You know, the Goths overran Europe, and uh, a lot of people thought at that time, people don't realize this, when the Roman Empire fell, and a lot of people thought, well, that's the end of Christianity in the West. But then the Goths were converted, and so uh, the whole situation changed. Now, the same thing could happen here in a different way, that, yes, demographically the situation is very bleak. However, there are a lot of Muslims who come West and think, 
well, actually, I don't want to live under Sharia. That's one of the reasons why I left my homeland, and I don't want to live as a Sharia adherent Muslim in the West. And those people could offer a, 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 a hope for the future. But I don't want to sugarcoat things either. The situation is very bleak, and unless there is some massive change, then uh, we're going to see the end of Western Europe as a uh, Christian entity, as a post-Christian entity, whatever you want to call it. We're going to see it uh, overwhelmed and Islamized by the end of the century. There is almost hardly any time left. Still a bunch of questions, I would say. One would be, um, is it possible to live in peace with uh, Muslims in our neighborhoods and our communities without fear? And two, what about these visions of Jesus and Mary that are converting so many people, but you only have literally 60 seconds? Well, in the first place, in terms of the neighbors, that depends on each neighbor. And you can't generalize because people have different priorities, perspectives, values, etc. And so Islam teaches things that it teaches. And that's a matter of grave concern. But not every Muslim is going to be enforcing every bit of that, just like every Catholic is not going to be obeying every part of Catholic teaching. Uh, as far as the, uh, I'm sorry, I lost the other part. What, the uh, visions now? of Jesus and Mary converting. Oh, yeah. Well, see, that's the kind of thing where I'm saying history is full of surprises. And you never know, there could be some mass conversion. There could be something that we do not foresee. But that would be beyond the natural level. And so it's not capable of that kind of natural analysis. Wow. All right. Well, I think we're going to have to leave it there. We're just about out of time right now. Jihadwatch.org is the website. Jihadwatch.org. Robert Spencer has been our guest. Robert, we're grateful for your time today, sir. Always a pleasure. Thank you. God bless you. God love you. And have a great day. All right. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. And after this very short break, we're going to have breaking news and stories with Emily Alcarez. And then Mario Insler, former Swiss guard, is going to be on our program. What is it like being a member of the world's smallest army tasked with defending the Vicar of Christ on Earth? That is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Have a drive time. It's headed your way. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, since every religion claims to be true, well, then none of them are true? Even though this is not a very intelligent comment, it does not prevent people from saying it. G.K. Chesterton says probably one of the creeds is right and the others are wrong. Logically, most of the views must be wrong. But there's nothing logical to the idea that all must be wrong. Think about betting on a horse. Many people bet on the wrong horse, but some bet on the right horse. And sometimes even the favorite has been known to come in first. But that's the point. Something comes in first. The fact that there are many beliefs does not destroy the fact that there is one well-founded belief. So don't say that the variety of beliefs prevents you from accepting any beliefs. It's not logical. And it's not a very good way to bet, either. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today's Friday, May 10th, and these are your headlines for today. 
During the night of May 2nd, a statue of Christ at a Massachusetts parish was decapitated. The destruction at St. Charles Borromeo Catholic Church in Waltham, about 10 miles west of Boston, was discovered the morning of May 3rd. Father Michael Nolan, the parish's pastor, told Catholic News Agency, It's possible that it's an attack on the faith, a more direct attack on the faith and a more serious act of sacrilege as opposed to just vandalism. The incident follows a series of acts of vandalism against Catholic churches, including the face on a statue of Christ that was spray-painted black in Fargo, the sidewalk outside St. Joseph's in Washington, D.C. being vandalized with satanic graffiti, three statues of angels at St. Pius X in El Paso that were toppled over, and a statue of St. Therese of Lisieux that was defaced with an upside-down cross, the word Satan, and a pentagram at St. Teresa of the Child in Louisiana. Catholic churches and statues throughout the U.S. were targeted for arson or vandalism throughout 2020 as well. Sometimes churches were damaged amid mass riots and protests such as in Kenosha, Wisconsin, while other churches appeared to be targets of random acts of vandalism. The Bishop of Enugu announced on Thursday a week of prayer and atonement and reparation following the desecration of the city's cathedral, reportedly by followers of a priest at the local church. Bishop Callistus Onaga of Enugu said in a May 6th statement, On the 5th of May, the followers of Father Camillus Ejike Mabaka of the Adoration Ministry Enugu, Nigeria, violently broke into the diocesan cathedral church and desecrated the holy altar of sacrifice. They also brutally vandalized the bishop's residence, the cathedral parish house, and the secretariat building complex. In the statement addressed to the leadership of parishes, chaplains, and religious houses in the diocese of Enugu, the bishop described the May 5th incident as a heinous act against the sanctity of the church and called on the people of God in the diocese to repent. The bishop said that in addition to traditional May devotions, such as daily benediction, the people will be required to recite five decades of the rosary, perform the act of reparation to the Most Blessed Sacrament, and read and reflect upon the passages from Psalms 50 and 22. And a German Catholic diocese has hosted an online event declaring that same-sex blessings are a matter of not if, but how. The Diocese of Essen in Germany's industrial rural area held the conference entitled Blessings for All, Blessings Celebrations for Same-Sex Couples, ahead of a nationwide event on May 10th in defiance of the Vatican's no to same-sex blessings. The diocese said in a May 3rd post on its website that around 100 people took part in this conference. Among them were theologians who, it said, argued that the church must move out of the pre-modern era and embrace the current state of knowledge of science and society. The report noted that currently some dioceses are jointly developing a handout on the topic of same-sex blessings, which will also include a proposal on how to conduct a blessing celebration. One participating theologian suggested that blessings of homosexual unions should take the form of comprehensive and festive liturgies, including the proclamation of the word, a prayer of blessing, intercessions, and the exchange of rings. Vatican statement issued with the approval of Pope Francis sparked protest in the German-speaking Catholic world after a number of bishops expressed support for blessings of same-sex couples while churches displayed pride flags and a group of more than 200 theology professors signed a statement criticizing Pope Francis's statement. 
I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date on the news. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is former Swiss guard Mario Insler. He's also a former musician, a Swiss banker, a tax lawyer. He's now the uh, dean of the Cameron School of Business at the University of St. Thomas. He often speaks, gives workshops, but he also has a book out called uh, I Served a Saint by iservedasaint.com. So just go to I Served a Saint. Saint.com. You can find out more on that. Good morning to you, Mr. Ensler. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Praise be to God, I am alive, and that counts. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. It's always a joy and opportunity to be with you on Radio Guadalupe. I love it. And uh, it was last week we saw, the world saw, uh, you know, a swearing-in ceremony, and it, I think it happens fairly often, fairly regularly, uh, of uh, new members of the Swiss Guard. And I thought it'd be a fun conversation to dive specifically into the Swiss Guard and to have a better understanding. From my understanding, it is the world's smallest army, official army. Is that still true? Absolutely, that's correct. And uh, the ceremony that you are referring to happens on May 6th every year, okay? And that's, it's a celebration of the swearing of the new guards that they train uh, around uh, six months, okay? And uh, they swear to give their life in protection of the Supreme Pontiff's lives. And uh, they've been doing that since 1506, which means uh, 515 years, okay, which was when the Swiss Guards was established on January 22nd, 1506. Now, there's a number of questions I would love to ask around the Swiss Guard. I served in the Marine Corps, so I have appreciation yeah. for the military life. Uh, but let's start with your story. How did you uh, find a calling to serve at the Swiss Guard? Well, I found a call to, I owe it to my father because I, I'm an only child and I was born in Italy, Joe, okay, from a Swiss dad and an Italian mom. As a matter of fact, I was born in a small village called Sotto il Monte, which is the town where John the 23rd was born, all right? So imagine my joy on April 27, 2014, when Pope Francis canonized on the same day, uh, St. Pope John Paul II, which I protected as a Swiss guard for 40 months, and St. Pope John the 23rd, which is the Pope that I come from his own village, all right? But... Uh, I owe it to my father because when I finished graduate school, he's the one that said that I needed structure in my life. I don't know if that's what your dad told you, but that's what my dad told me. Mm. And so he highly encouraged me to consider joining the officer school of a army. And I'm saying a army because at that time I had Italian passport being born in Italy and Swiss passport from my dad. Mm. And when I looked at both officer school, the Swiss army school was shorter only 17 weeks. And so I, to please my dad, I went that path. <laughs> and while I was there, somebody approached me saying, hey, we are, you know, we are looking at you. We see your uh, commitment. We see your uh, language, knowledge of different languages. I think you should, at the end of the training, join the Swiss Guard and pay your duties while you be a Swiss Guard. And, you know, Joe, I told him, I said, no, thanks. I don't really see myself dressed up as a clown. That's not <laughs> my style. <laughs> but then, you know, I thought a little bit more and my life changed dramatically, you know, when I arrived in the Vatican and I realized that as a Swiss guard, first and foremost, you carry a noble title and that are not that you become a prince or a duke, but three Latin words, which means 
defensores libertatis ecclesiae, protectors of the church's freedom. And that's why I joined the Swiss Guard, to make sure to keep that freedom safe. Mario Insler is our guest, and he is a former Swiss Guard. We're talking about his his, uh, call, his story, about how he joined the world's smallest army to protect the church and and the vicar of Christ on earth. Um, So as a young man, you you joined this uh, unit. Uh, How many languages must one speak? How many languages are spoken among the Swiss Guard? It's a pretty eclectic group, is it not? Right. So we have four national languages. We always say three, four, because one is a very small. So every Swiss guard speaks Italian, French, and German. Oh, wow. And then uh, depending on which kind of education you receive in Switzerland, you also speak English. So even though I was born in Italy, but I was able to keep all the languages because of my dad and because of schooling. So four languages, it's easy. Okay. For, for, and you can speak and you can write and that's a blessing. That's why I tell everybody learn as many languages as you can, because those are keys to open many, many, many doors. <laughs> I thought you had to be from a certain, I thought the, the rumor was you had to be from a certain village in Switzerland in order to serve the Swiss guard. I guess that's not the case. No. So in order to be a Swiss guard, you have to have uh, uh, you have to be Catholic and remember Switzerland is mainly a Protestant country. Okay. And the fact that since 515 years, they've been able to provide Catholic men. It's quite extraordinary. You have to be 510. You have to be Catholic. You have to be done with college. Okay. With an undergraduate degree and uh, your background check has to be immaculate. As you imagine, then you take uh, a selection in Switzerland. So I did it at the end of my officer's training schools. All right. And then if you pass the selection, you wait, like in the United States, you wait until they call you. All right. And to me, they call me three weeks after I finished my training in Switzerland. So I departed from Switzerland, went back home to my parents, and then I went into the Vatican. And then you arrive there. And for the first uh, six weeks, uh, you do an intense training. You don't wear a uniform. It's all training, you know, defense training, strategy, tactics, and so on. And then you start wearing the, 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 the uniform and uh, you enter in the first level of service, which means you protect the only father, but you see him from afar. All right. You're not right next to him. And then you keep training. And the more you grow in seniority and experience, the closer you get to his holiness to become actually his shield. We have about, uh, I don't know, 45 seconds before we have to take a break. But were you intimidated when you showed up to the Vatican? Was it, was it overwhelming? It was absolutely overwhelming, especially, Joe, in 45 seconds, the first time that I met his holiness, because I was in the Apostolic Palace and he arrived. They told me he's going to walk by, so close the rooms. I went up in my attention, Joe, and imagine I'm by myself, mid-twenties, his holiness come, looks me in the eyes, and he, and he says, you must be a new one. And I said, <laughs> yes, I am. And he said, well, thank you for coming to serve who serves. All right, hold that thought right there. We're talking with Mario Insler, former Swiss guard. Right after this short break, I'm going to dive into some more detailed questions about what it's like to serve in the world's smallest army. We'll be right back. When was the last time you were truly thankful for your liver? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Probably not recently. Yet without our liver, we would die. 
Quite often, we take things that are important, even vital to us, for granted. We often take the people who do so much for us and who play an important role in our lives for granted. In his rule, St. Benedict offers a different approach. He reminds us that no person, no task is unimportant. He sets up a way of life which leads to holiness by encouraging faithfulness in the ordinary things, which really make up the greater part of our life. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. Through mindfulness of God and an attitude of gratitude, we come to appreciate how much we depend on the goodness and good work of ordinary people and ordinary things. Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Mario Insler is our guest, former Swiss guard, served under St. John Paul II. His birthday's coming up too, if I'm not mistaken. Praise be to God. Yes, absolutely. Next tour May 18th. Yes. We were just having a fierce and hot debate during the break uh, here on the, amongst the team about uh, the Swiss guards and and there's a lot of uh, questions. I, I'm very curious because, like, I served in the Marine Corps, so I have an appreciation for military life. And I, I, one of the questions that comes to mind is the training itself, the level of sophistication, the level of, of military expertise. I think a lot of people see the Swiss Guard as, as people wearing costumes and putting on a show. I'm sure you've heard this criticism many times in your yeah. life. What, how do you respond to that? Well, um, wearing a uniform, you know, such a colorful uniform, it's part of the protocol of the daily life because there are there is a huge ceremonial going on every day, Joe, as you can imagine. You know, presidents, uh, you know, ambassadors, people that they come, and there is a military protocol. So you have to have a, a platoon of guards and the national hymns. So the uniforms, okay, represent the state, the color of the uniform are, are the color of the Vatican, you know, the yellow, the blue, and the gold, all right? So the uniform that was designed not, as everybody mistakenly thinks, by Michelangelo, but it was designed by a colonel of the Swiss Guards, okay? As the specificity to make you understand that you are in the Vatican. As a matter of fact, when you arrive in Rome, and you can see, I don't know if people can see us on the screen, but behind me is St. Peter's Square. When you arrive at the Vatican, the moment that you see the uniform of the Swiss Guard, you understand that you are at the Vatican, all right? Mm. But the true service of the Guard is when they wear a dark suit, all right? Mm. So when you are next to the only father, you are like the secret service in the United States. You wear a dark suit, you carry your weapon, okay, and you're trained to take the bullet, all right? So you know how to shield him with your body. But the difference between His Holiness and the president of a country is you cannot take him up and put him into a car. His Holiness will never allow you to stop a child to pass over the barricades and come and get a 
hog, okay? So you have to protect him, but at the same time, you have to understand his petrine mission, which is to give himself to the people. So that's the uniqueness of being a bodyguard of a pope. And for me, to be a bodyguard of a saint at that uniqueness, trying to anticipate his thoughts. Oh, there is that elderly person on a wheelchair. He's going to get off the line. He's going to go there. I have to clear the path because I know that he wants to go and caress that person. So you're trained in weapons tactics and self-defense yes. training? Yes, you're trained. And we do that in Switzerland. So you join the Swiss Guard and then they send you to uh, the equivalent of the Marine that for us are the Grenadier, okay? And you do a four weeks tactics on self-defense and fighting and combat, okay? And then you come back, you know, into the Vatican and you carry that training for the rest of your time, all right? And you still have all of the uh, updated, okay? The, the guards carry a nine millimeter, okay? It's a SIG, nine millimeters. And in all the posts inside the apostolic baller or on the square, there are places with more weaponry, okay, in case of a need. Now, Mario, go could, ahead, sorry. Could you tell us a little bit about what it was like to work with St. John Paul II? I mean, what an incredible opportunity. We have a photo up of you with him passing by. What was he like? He was an amazing man. You can tell that he was uh, um, a very special person, that he was gifted with an enormous ability to communicate and uh, with a brilliant intellect. And uh, I was, my answer to you is, I was daily struck by the richness of in, his intuition, by the depth of his um, uh, spirituality, by the example of his prayerfulness, but most of all, by his immense humility, which was rooted in his intimate union with Christ. And today, still today, I'm convinced that it was his humility which permitted him to continue to guide the church and to give an eloquent message, even when his physical strength was failing him. Don't forget, three days before he passed away, he came to the window you know, of the apostolic palace. He was pushed on a wheelchair and he could not talk and the world saw his face. And another date is, you know, this week on May 13, Our Lady of Fatima, it will be 40 years of his killing attempt by Ali Akja. okay? He was shot on May 13, 1981. So what this man did for me and for many others throughout 27 plus years of his pontificate is unbelievable and he was as i said a man of humility a courageous man a real man a funny man okay but uh, ultimately he will always say one thing joe and this is for all of us today be more stop thinking of doing more and start being more and this is the message that I've been carrying in my heart since then. Wow. And you said that he recognized that you were new. So did he interact with the Swiss Guards a lot? Oh, yeah. He did interact with us a lot. As a matter of fact, one time, okay, and this is also, I think, it fits perfectly the situation that we've been living for the past year and a half. One time I was with Tim and we were talking and I asked him, boldly. I said, Your Holiness, I have a question. You constantly tell us to not be afraid. Can you please tell me how 
can I not be afraid? And you know, Joe, you know what he told me? Mario, you cannot be afraid because God is always one day ahead of you. <laughs> Isn't this beautiful, Joe? This sums up the, the theology of that man, okay? That he was fearless because he knew that God was one day ahead of him. Mario Ensler is our guest, and uh, check out his book. It's iservedasaint.com, iservedasaint.com. Mario, was it easier for you to serve under uh, someone like a JP2? Uh, because you obviously felt found him to be very inspirational. Um, was that did that make life easier for you? I remember uh, interviewing uh, Andreas Fitmer, and you know he starts his book out with uh, being sad and depressed, uh, being so far away from his family among strangers that he did not know, and and it was his encounter with JP two on his watch that sort of changed that. But what was that like for you? Was it easier to serve under a JP two, or uh, I guess uh, did you find separation anxiety from your family? Or, uh, that's what I'm trying to get to. Okay, so for me, as I said before, because I, I am the only Swiss guard till today that I was born abroad and raised abroad. So being born in Bergamo, just outside of Milano, being Italiano, my mother tongue language, I did not suffer there. I ah. didn't leave the Alps, okay, like many guards do, and was homesick. So for me, when I finished the officer school training and I went back to Bergamo, Three weeks later, I went to Rome. I was still in Italy, in a big city. And honestly, Joe, I decided to join the Swiss Guard because of that concept of freedom, but also because I thought, hey, I'm going to be a Swiss Guard. I'm going to be a bodyguard. I'm going to be living in Rome, Caput Mundi. How cool is that? All right. <laughs> so no, for me, it was completely the opposite. Full of enthusiasm, euphoria, and then, you know, accriter and fideliter, fiercely and faithfully. That's the motto of the Swiss Guard. I really wanted to understand it better. And then my life changed when I, I started interacting with St. Pope John Paul II. And because of being a sanguine person, okay, and uh, uh, speaking multiple languages, I had many, many occasions to interact with him. And then when everything came clear to me. So what happened exactly whenever uh, the multiple times that JP2 was... Uh, it was attacked. Uh, where was the what? Ha what was the Swiss Guard at, and how many times did the Swiss Guard prevent him from ever even getting close to being attacked? Uh, what, oh. What's what's it like in that in okay, those kind so of situations? Well, there are many, you know, many, many, many situations that you have no idea. I I witnessed one that uh, His Holiness he was walking uh, inside the Saint Peter Cathedral. His Holiness was walking, you know, to start mass, and a gentleman. You know, he had a syringe in his hands, okay? And a, a gentleman came with his hand and the syringe outside of the crowd, and the, the guard in front of me was able to grab his wrist and block the syringe, okay? But, so those are events that you don't see. You, nobody writes, nobody reports. But if this is somebody that wants to harm the only father, I'm making a joke, nuns, religious sister, they always come out and they also want to touch his holiness. And sometimes they want to take a button as a little relic. Relics, okay? So you also need to grab the hands of the nuns and say, leave the buttons there. <laughs> so yeah. it, 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 it's a combination of That's things. And, and, and on May 13, if I may say, when he was shot in St. Peter's Square, don't forget that when he fell down, he fell in the Swiss guard hands, okay, of the captain that was on the jeep. 
and was a Swiss guard that grabbed Aliak Ja because somebody saw him shooting, as a matter of fact, a nun, and she was the one that yelled, he's running, it was a Swiss guard that tackled Ali Akja. So his holiness, and inside the barracks, we still have uh, the shirt that the captain, uh, Alois Esterman, was wearing when John Paul II fell down and was donated at, at the Swiss guard as a major relics, because that shirt of the captain is full of St. Pope John Paul II blood. We're just about down to 60 seconds left in our conversation with Mario Insler. I served a saint dot com is his uh, book. Now, uh, I imagine this is a small fraternity of, of, of men who have served over the last 500 years or whatever. Uh, in the last 60, 30, 45 seconds, what is it like being a part of the fraternity today? Or do you still uh, engage with them? Yes, we have, uh, you know, all, in the United States, there are only two or three of us that live here, all right? But we have uh, an association of the former Swiss Guards, okay? And we are, we are very active and uh, we do one an annual gathering in Switzerland. I attended several, obviously not for the past two years, but uh, there's a lot of voluntary efforts. Mm. Uh, we provide food bank services and it's good to be with the former Swiss Guards all right. once and for all. I got to cut you off there, but God bless you, Mario Ensler. Thank you for your time this morning. We appreciate you telling us all about what it's like to be part of the Swiss Guard. God bless you and God love you. All right, that is going to do it for hour number one. If you can join us in hour number two, we're going to play our fear and trivia, our fear and trembling trivia game show. And prizes are involved. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to get the rules and to watch live. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Many Protestants believe we are saved by faith alone, and they say Catholics believe they can work their way into heaven. How do you answer that? First, I ask them to show me where in the Catechism, the official teaching of the Catholic Church, does it teach that we can work our way into heaven. They can't because it doesn't. The Catholic Church has never taught a doctrine of salvation by works, that we can work our way into heaven. Second, I ask them to show me where in the Bible does it teach that we are saved by faith alone. They can't because it doesn't. The only place in all of Scripture where the phrase faith alone appears is in James 2.24 where it says that we are not, not justified or saved by faith alone. So one of the main pillars of Protestantism, the doctrine of salvation by faith alone, not only doesn't appear in the Bible, but the Bible actually says the exact opposite, that we are not saved by faith alone. Third, I ask them that if works have nothing to do with our salvation, then how come every passage in the New Testament that talks about judgment says we will be judged by our works, not by faith alone? We see this in Romans 2, Matthew 15, 1 Peter 1, and many other verses. Fourth, I ask them if we are saved by faith alone, why does 1 Corinthians 13, 13 say that love is greater than faith? Shouldn't it be the other way around? Catholics believe that we are saved by God's grace alone. We can do nothing apart from God's grace to receive the free gift of salvation. However, we have to respond to His grace. Protestants believe that too. However, many Protestants believe that the only response necessary is an act of faith, 
whereas Catholics believe a response of faith and works is necessary, whereas the Bible puts it in Galatians 5, 6, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is of any avail, but faith working through love. Faith working through love, just as the church teaches. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is great to be on with you. Good morning and praise be to God. You have survived the weekend. God is so very good. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Mario Insler, former Swiss guard, about his life as a member of the world's smallest elite army in the world, the Swiss guard protecting the vicar of Christ on earth. Fascinating conversation. Before that, we also had a pretty uh, intense conversation with Robert Spencer, founder of Jihad Watch, jihadwatch.org. Uh, we're we're going to be posting both of those conversations later today on our social feed, so please do check those out and share them. Sharing is caring, remember. It really helps us out in a big way. But uh, I just saw headline news that, uh, <laughs> boy, tourists rescued after being trapped on glass bridge that shattered in China. Oh, yeah. All those times they make fun of you because, oh, are you too scared to go out over the glass bridge 4,000 feet in the air? Well, guess what happened? It broke, and people are clinging on for their life and had to be rescued. Now who's laughing? All right, okay, so there was a little regression there from my childhood. Anyway, there's, it's an interesting story. We'll probably talk more about that in our after show, which uh, is a lot of fun, and we, we, we talk about stuff like this, goofy things like movies or whatever. But you get to drive the conversation. That's going to be happening in the second half of this hour but coming up in this first half we have breaking news and stories it's all good news in this hour plus we have saint of the day gospel of the day and the fear and trembling game show with brand new prizes at stake this week praise be to god thanks to our sponsor which is uh this week it is uh, little way design company gonna get there little sorry way just, helping, just helping just <laughs> helping little way does it's design.co right that's right, yeah. Little way. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, it, the founder of this company, incredible. She's a chemical engineer who decided to become a theologian, who decided to become a graphic designer. Hey, now. Katerina, she's incredible. That's a journey right there. Praise be to God. Um, speaking of journeys, Adrian Fonseca is here, too. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning, good morning. Yes, and uh, happy Mother's Day to everybody. Today is uh, Mother's Day in Mexico and uh, a couple other Latin American saints. Uh, not saints, uh, countries. So what am I saying? Uh, so happy Mother's Day and happy Mother's Day to my mother. Yeah, amen. Amen to that. We had, uh, there was some great conversations on the show last week. We're looking forward to some really good ones this week. In fact, 
there is a good chance I will have uh, someone who is both a like a rocket scientist, a nuclear engineer, and a Catholic evangelist to be on the show to talk about UFOs. Hmm. The federal government's about to release uh, or declassify a ton of information on unidentified flying objects, including those that are swarming our U.S. Navy out at sea. Uh, so what's the deal with that? We're going to maybe have that conversation. That'll be kind of fun. All of that plus a lot more coming up this week. But let's jump into this hour. Again, we're about to do our Fear and Trembling game show coming up. So if you would, if you want to get in on the opportunity to win and you want to do so early, a great way to do that is simply to go to our website, grnonline.com, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And you'll find the rules and the phone number. And if you want to sit on hold, you're welcome to do so. Otherwise, I'll give out the number and the first caller gets to be our contestant. So let's pray for whatever is on your heart, whatever is on your, uh, your needs list. We're going to ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven, to pray for you as well as our own needs here at the team. If you're hanging out on the live video feed, do feel free to comment. That's a fantastic way to include your prayer intentions. And then uh, otherwise, your guardian angel knows what your needs are. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. A spokesperson for the Catholic Charities of the Diocese of Arlington says the organization has seen a growing interest from prospective adoptive parents. Megan Lane, the program director of Pregnancy and Adoption Support for the Diocese, said in an interview that the organization has seen a dramatic jump in applications to adopt. Lane said she sees a few reasons for this increase. She said that families have re-examined their priorities during the COVID-19 pandemic and that families who have adopted through the program have told others about their experience. Lane said that Catholic Charities does have discussions with prospective adoptive families about whether they'll still be open to the adoption process once their lives return to normal and said, all of our families have done really well with that. Lane believes her program's growth can also be attributed to its holistic approach. She said, my program is pregnancy and adoption support and that pregnancy component isn't just a word in the title. We're providing pregnancy support to women who are considering adoption and women who are not considering adoption. She said, I think that's something unique to what we are able to provide. Blessed Rosario Livatino, a Catholic judge brutally killed by the mafia in 1990, was beatified on Sunday in the Cathedral of Agrigento, Sicily. Pope Francis commended the beatification of the young judge, calling him a martyr of justice and faith at the end of his Regina Celi address on May 9th. Pope Francis said about Livatino, quote, In his service to the community as an upright judge, he never allowed himself to be corrupted. He strove to judge, not to condemn, but to redeem. He always placed his work under the protection of God. For this, he became a witness of the gospel until his heroic death. May his example be for everyone, especially magistrates, an incentive to be loyal defenders of the law and liberty. A relic of Livatino, a shirt stained with his blood from the day of his murder, was venerated at the Mass in a transparent reliquary. Cardinal Semeraro read out the beatification declaration from the Pope. 
we grant Venerable Rosario Livatino, a lay person and a martyr who was a credible witness of the gospel in the service of justice, can henceforth be called blessed. His feast day will be October 29th. And Pope Francis said on Sunday that loving like Christ requires a rejection of the worldly loves of money, success, vanity, and power. In his Regina Celi address, the Pope told pilgrims gathered in St. Peter's Square that Jesus asks us to abide in his love, not in our own self-worship. The Holy Father said, quote, To love like Christ means saying no to other loves that the world offers us. Love of money, those who love money do not love as Jesus loves. Love of success, vanity, of power. These deceptive paths of love distance us from the Lord's love and lead us to become more and more selfish, narcissistic, overbearing. And being overbearing leads to a degeneration of love, to the abuse of others, to making our loved ones suffer. Those who dwell in self-worship live in the mirror, always looking at themselves. After reciting the Regina Celi, a Marian prayer said during the Easter season, the Pope asked people to pray for the victims of a terrorist attack in Afghanistan. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to God in all things, St. Joseph de Vastur, pray for us. St. Joseph was born on the 3rd of January, 1840, on a small farm in Belgium. He studied at the College of Brain-le-Comte in Belgium. He joined the Picpus Fathers on the 7th of October, 1860, taking the name of Damien, and he entered the seminary in Paris, France. But he volunteered for missionary work while still a seminarian and was accepted and sent to Hawaii. He'd be ordained in Honolulu on the 24th of May, 1864. He became a missionary on islands where his single parish was the size of all of his native Belgium. He was a resident priest in the leper colony of Molokai, where for years he worked alone to minister to the patient's spiritual and medical needs. His work turned a wretched dump for the unwanted into real community with the best treatment of the day patients who live strong spiritual lives and unfortunately he contracted leprosy in 1885 and though severely crippled by the disease father damien worked until the very end he would say quote the blessed sacrament is indeed the stimulus for us all for me as it should be for you to forsake all worldly ambitions Without the constant presence of our divine master upon the altar in my poor chapels, I never could have persevered casting my lot with the lepers of Molokai, the unforeseen consequence of which begins now to appear on my skin and is felt throughout my body. Holy communion, being the daily bread of a priest, I feel myself happy, well-pleased, and resigned in the rather exceptional circumstances in which it has pleased divine providence to put me." Unquote. Father Damien. Supernatural faith. Supernatural faith against all odds of the crazy in this world that has to present. That is, that is what Father Damien exhibited. And he would die on the 15th of April, April 1889, to leprosy there at the colony in Molokai. He was canonized October the 11th, 2009, by Pope Benedict the 16th. Father Damien of Molokai, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 15, verses 26 through chapter 16, verse 4. Jesus said to his disciples, when the Advocate comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, 
who proceeds from the Father, he will testify to me. And you also testify, because you have been with me from the beginning. I have told you this so that you may not fall away. They will expel you from the synagogues. In fact, the hour is coming when everyone who kills you will think he is offering worship to God. They will do this because they have not known either the Father or me. I have told this to you so that when the hour comes, you may remember that I told you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Augustine would say, He mentions these things beforehand because trials, however soon to pass away, when they come upon men unprepared for them, are very overwhelming. Are you prepared for the trials that come your way? If you want peace, peace in your life, you must be resigned to the divine providence and whatever God wills for you. But you must make the resignation now before they come. And when they come, you will have peace. What would you find there, uh, Adrian? Uh, let's see. There's two things that I'll try to get through uh, quickly. Uh, first thing is the miracles that are wrought by the Holy Ghost. So it says that the Holy Ghost will testify to our Lord Jesus Christ. How does the Holy Ghost testify? Well, through miracles. And so our, we don't see the Holy Ghost coming. You don't see a dove walking around performing miracles. Well, the Holy Ghost is not a dove. The Holy Ghost is is God. And so he, the form of a dove was a symbol, just like the tongues of fire are a symbol of the Holy Ghost. Uh, but the actual signs of the Holy Ghost are the miracles performed by the apostles and the saints. And so it is actually said by our Lord himself that the apostles would do greater signs than even our Lord did. And now, what does that mean? Okay, so in order to prove that what was said is true and to give us a good reason to believe, because we were bound to believe whether or not our Lord performed miracles and whether or not the apostles performed miracles, but to make it easier for us to believe, to make it easier for us to believe, uh, he allowed the Holy Ghost to help our saints or to ha to give the power to perform miracles to the saints and to the apostles. Now, the other thing that is important to notice here is the, where does the Holy Ghost come from? Now, the, now we know now looking uh, backwards that the Holy Ghost is God and that the, that God is a Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But this was a not, this is a disputed point throughout history. And so we, we even see today the Greek schismatics, the Eastern Orthodox, they are, they deny that the Holy Ghost proceeded forth from the Father and the Son. They say that the only proceeds from the Father and not the Son. Now, why is this important? Well, we see here that our Lord says that he will send from the Father, meaning it's both from the Father and the Son, because only he who sins comes forth from. What that means is the Father sends the Son because the Son proceeds from the Father eternally, and the Son and the Father uh give a uh, spy rate out the Holy Ghost. And that's why they can both send the Holy Ghost and that nobody sends the father because he is unbegotten uh, from all eternity. Uh, yet all are still eternal. Now, that's super complicated, but I felt the need to at least say it, even though it was uh, it, it a little, mm. little, little iffy, you know? Yes. Easy for you to say, isn't it? Super, super easy. All right. Praise be to God. We're going to uh, go to a short break. We're going to come back. We're going to play fear. And trembling the Catholic Trivia Game Show 
where we have a secret and hidden agenda. All that coming up on the other side of this break. If you want to be the contestant and possibly win this week's prize, well, all you have to do is be a caller at 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424 is the number to call. 877-757-9424. Little Way is our sponsor this week. Praise be to God. We're very grateful to them. We're going to tell you all about them right after this very short break. Looking for that first caller at 877-757-9424. We'll be right back with Fear and Trembling. Coming right your way. Blessed John Paul II once said, As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. How easy it is to point fingers and place blame for the mess in which our society has found itself. But stop just for a minute and ask, what have I done to make it better? Is my family doing anything to improve the world? Possibly the most effective thing a family can do for society is pray together regularly. Pray for our president every single day. Pray for all our government leaders, our bishops and priests, our teachers, our military, our business owners. Create a list of family petitions. If the teenager puts an anonymous prayer request on the list, let it be anonymous. Prayer is our greatest weapon to change the nation and the world. Remember what Father Patrick Payton said, the family that prays together stays together. This has been a minute for your marriage and family with Balanced Families Ministries. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. She's having a relationship with George. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Having trouble with your car radio? No worries. The Guadalupe Radio Network has just released our new version of our app. With the app, you can get a crystal clear connection of your local station no matter where you are. You can also listen to podcasts of past shows and find more ways to connect with us. Getting the new app is easy. Just search the app store on your phone for the Guadalupe Radio Network and either download it or if you already have it, choose the update option. Happy listening. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not tell anybody that I told you this, but there's a few things we like to do during the game show. Number one is we like to teach a little bit about the faith, so you almost always learn something you did not know before. And then, of course, we like to have a little laugh in the process, so our contestants tend to be good sports and a lot of fun. And then we give out prizes. So it's kind of a winner for everybody involved, praise be to God. And here's how it works if you're brand new to this. I have three Catholic trivia questions in my hand, and 
I don't ask the caller these questions. I don't ask them, so they don't even really need to know the answers. I ask Emily, I ask Adrian. One of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide who do they trust more, Emily or Adrian. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Tell them what they could win, Emily. This week's brand new prize sponsor is Little Way Design Company. You can find them on their website, littlewaydesign.co. Now, this is a Catholic shop started by Katerina, who is a chemical engineer by trade, worked in the oil industry for 10 years, and then decided to study theology and become a graphic designer. And she's got these beautiful designs on her website. Uh, she's giving away, did I mention she's also a mother of five? She's no. giving away wow. this t-shirt. Three Hearts Tea. It has the hearts of Mary, Jesus, and Joseph. Um, and she's giving that away to our prize winner this week. So thank you, Little Way Design Company and Katerina. All right. Praise be to God. Wow. That's a pretty impressive uh, resume there for Little Way Design Co. Thank you very much again for generously underwriting our game show this week. We're very grateful to you. Let's go to the phones. If you tried calling in, praise be to God. Thank you for that. You can always try again tomorrow. All the rules and the phone number is listed on our website, but let's go to Pensacola, Florida. Delia, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God. It's good to see you again. I think it's been a few months since you've been on. Yes, sir. All right. Praise God. How have you been uh, in that time? Oh, I'm blessed. I'm good. God is good. God is very good. Now, remind us, Delia, where do you go to church? I go to St. Thomas More Catholic Church. Very good. Praise be to God. And have you had a good Easter so far? Awesome. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. All right. Well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a grace that you called in because this is one of the last five things that Emily will do on on the show because you know she's 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 departing at the end of the week going back to chicago so you're like one of the last contestants to be able to uh decide whether or not emily is trying to totally fool you or not so praise (laughs) be to god for the little things right are you ready are you ready to play delia yes sir all right emily we will start with you as has been our custom are you ready i'm ready are you sure yes are you sure absolutely emily can you tell me what is the name given to the Sunday before Ash Wednesday? Before Ash Wednesday. Hmm. So this is going to be during Lent. I'm going to go with Quinquagesima, I believe. Well, it's the Sunday before Ash Wednesday, so Lent would not have started. Is that still your answer? Oh, I see what you mean. Yes, it's still Quinquagesima. Say it one more time. Quinquagesima. Gesundheit. <laughs> Quinquagesima. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me what is the Sunday before Ash Wednesday called? The Sunday before Ash Wednesday is referred to as the Sunday before Ash Wednesday. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, hmm. Adrian is, Adrian is on the hook for... The Sunday before Ash Wednesday. Very detailed of you there, Adrian. Thank and you. Eight, and Emily is on the hook for Quinn Qua Jessima Sunday. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's obvious? Delia, what say you? Oh, my goodness. I really don't know the answer. I don't know if I believe either one of them. I'll go to beat Emily. I hope she didn't mess me up. <laughs> <laughs> Survey says... 
I didn't mess you up, Delia. Wow. <laughs> that was it, it was it was dicey. You could have gone 50-50. You chose the right one. Uh, good choice, Deli. Good choice. Yeah, well done. Well done. Yeah. I think I think uh I think Joe threw Emily off by putting an extra S in there. It's Quinquagesima, not Quinquasigesima. Quinquagesima. Very good. Uh, Quinqua. Now, uh, the bonus points what does Quinqua Jessima mean? Anybody know? Anybody? Uh, 50 days before. Yeah. It, it's fi- I think it means, uh, is it 50 or 50? F- 50. Yeah, it means 50. There you go. It's, it's Latin for 50. That's all it means. Oh. It's Quinqua Jessima just means 50. All right. 50. Praise be to God. Good job. You're in the cup, <laughs> Delia. Well done. Let's go to question number two. Uh, Adrian, we'll go to you this time. Adrian, can you tell me, hagiography is the study of what? Uh, let's see. You know, I if I'm not mistaken, I would be that would be the study of the saints. The study of the saints. I like that hagiography. Okay, um, Emily, can you tell me, hagiography is it the study of the saints or what would you say it is? Hagiography. Hagiography is the study of hogs. Of hogs? Yes. Like hogs or hogs? Hogs. Hogs. Same thing. You just said the same thing. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Emily is on the hook for hogs. And Adrian is on the hook for saints. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Delia, what say you? I don't have no idea, but I think I'll go for Adrian. Adrian, survey says, "Well done." There we go. Well done. Well, you know, I don't understand how. Where, I need my. I never. I always forget to put my dub button on the standby. Duh. Yes, thank you, thank you. A little obvious there, wouldn't you say, Delia? It was a little like, "What are hogs, but Emily? Like, hogs? what are hogs? hogs? Is that just like the Chicago uh. way of saying hogs?" You, we just said the same word. It it's hogs? the same <laughs> word. Hogs. Hogs. Hagiography is often used as a derogatory term to mm-hmm. talk about like people when they write biographies of saints uh, and they include all this uh, mystical things and they're like, oh, this it's a hagiography, but really it just means a biography of saints and yeah. it's not it's not bad at all. They just don't like it. Modernists don't like it because it mentions miracles in it. It's like, oh, so it can't be true. All right. So that's a $10 word that you can uh, throw around uh, later today, Delia, with your friends. You say, oh, I was looking at some hagiography yeah, yeah. earlier. And, you know, study the saints, of course. It's not. It's definitely not the study of hogs. As uh, Emily would suggest. All right, here we go. Last question. Back to Emily. Uh, two times in the coffee cup of divine providence. Third time. Here we go. Emily, can you tell me what main event occurred? What main event e- occurred in the third chapter of the book of Genesis? In Genesis was when Jesus was born. In the third chapter of Genesis. Yes. Okay. Uh, Adrian. Adrian, can you tell me what main event occurred in the third chapter of the book of Genesis? Hmm. Just see, Genesis means like in the beginning, right? So I'm going to say, you know, hmm. I can see why Jesus would be being born might be a good answer, but I'm going to go with the fall of man. The fall of man. Two, uh, two very extremely opposite answers here. All right. So Adrian is on the hook for the fall of man. Emily is on the hook for the birth of Jesus. 
15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Delia, what say you? Adrian. Adrian, survey says. There we go. Three All for right. three. Wow. Is, is Captain Obvious in town? I'm just curious. I mean, uh, wow. The, the, the birth of Jesus and the book of Genesis. I mean, Delia, you knew that one, right? Like, there was no fooling you. Yes. You knew that was wrong. Yes. Yeah, She's read God. the Bible. Way to go, Delia. Three for three. Three for three. You're in the coffee cup of divine providence. How do you feel? I feel wonderful. Praise be to God. How is the weather in Pensacola right now, by the way? Oh, it's bad. I'm on my way to work. It's raining. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Yikes. There, that's okay. Above Rainy every river. gray cloud is a blue sky, though. So praise be to yes. God. Yes. All right, Delia, we're going to put you back on hold. Our call screener, Mr. Thomas Russell, is going to get your information just to be sure in case it's God's providence that you are the winner. Of course, you know how the game is played. You've played it before, but it's been great to have you back on the show. Thank you. God bless you all. God love you and God bless you. And that is going to do it for the rest of the radio side of Catholic Drive Time today. Uh, Coming up in just a moment here, we'll begin broadcasting the Holy Mass. And if you're going to listen in on that or attend Holy Mass today, please do us a favor and keep us in your prayers. We'd be very grateful. We, of course, pray for you every single day. Uh, We are going to go into the after show of our program where it gets very casual, very fun. There's a lot of inside jokes that get flown around with you, our, our fans, and we're so grateful to be hanging out with you. So thank you for that. If you want to join that and you don't want to be on Facebook, Facebook or YouTube, you can simply go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and you can watch us live there, and you can even comment even. So there's always a way to do it, but we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, and we're on Twitter, and you can comment and interact because you drive that conversation. Whatever you want to talk about, that's what we're going to talk about in the after show. Again, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. We hope and pray that you'll have a great day today. And we're looking forward to being back on with you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. We have a full lineup this week. We're very excited. Lots of conversation coming up happen this week. Please share us with your friends. God bless you. And until then, or in the after show, God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and the after show where we conversate way more casually than we ought to probably. But whatever it is that you want to talk about, praise be to God. Whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, please comment and let us know. If you are a first-time commenter, you get especially called out. I meant uh, loved and appreciated because we always appreciate our first-time commenters. So uh, make sure that we recognize you uh, if you've never been uh, recognized before, please comment. And you can do that on Facebook, YouTube, or on our website, by the way. Now, I say Twitter, but 
Have we figured out how to look at comments on Twitter yet? I'm not even sure. So I've looked into it, and apparently, so Twitter is kind of funny. They have set up their new live streaming platform, and the as of now, there's an option to be able to comment, but there's not actually a way to do it. So it <laughs> seems like they're working out bugs with it. That's weird. Because, yeah, I know. It's super strange because it gives you the option to comment, but you can't actually comment. So <laughs> I wonder if you have to weird. be of certain uh, audience size before they release that. I uh, no, I don't think so. I looked mm. into it, and it seems like it's just a bug in the system. It's they just launched their live streaming software like yeah. a few weeks ago. So I, I'm I'm guessing there's going to be more settings. Like there's a lot of bugs in this in the Twitter thing. Uh, I'm imagining that it's going to uh, be better l- later. Um, oh, and one other thing. And we're going to leave the show early today That's because right. we have uh, the Bree Dale's intersections at 8 o'clock I always, Central. I always forget until the music starts. I'm like, where are we do? Oh, we got to go early today. All right. Good morning to you, uh, Susan, over on uh, YouTube side. Good morning. Justina Burrier, good morning to you. Mike K, praise be to God. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Very grateful to you. Uh, Don, I see you over there on the you on the Facebook side, or rather YouTube side, because something happened to Facebook. Angelo, good morning to you. Christopher Velasquez, Pocahontas, Eric, Valentin, Kathy. Praise God. It's good to see you again. And Master Jesus is on with us on the Facebook side. Master, are, Master are we, are Jesus. Are we required to, to uh, call him Master I, from I now think on? so. I mean, if I got my Masters, I'd expect it, you know. I, of course, I, so, I, hey, Suze, let us know. Are you making your children refer to you as Master Father now? Do we, Master Papi? But when, so do we call people with bachelor's degrees bachelors? No. Are, what if they're, are they bachelorettes if they're female? Bachelor degrees are essentially just like a, getting graduating from high school nowadays, so. <laughs> That's rough, isn't it? Uh, okay, so, so we have to call him Master Jesus Robles. Master Jesus Robles. And you said his children now call him Master Jesus Robles. They should be. They should be. Huh. If I, hey, Suze, let mm. us know. Are you making your kids mm. uh, refer to you as Master Papi? <laughs> Master Papi. And, uh, oh, and, and, your, and your wife would love it if you told her she should call you Master as well. She'd love uh, it. Yeah. I'm mm. sure. Yeah. Probably not. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to agree on that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Suze said Sensei Master. Hey, Suze. <laughs> <Sensei Master. laughs> Sensei. Uh, that's great. Sensei Master. I love that. All right. So Josh Knoll, good morning to you over on Facebook side. Gloria Diana Lopez, good morning to you. Thank you for hanging out with us. Joaquin, good morning. Uh, Sean was on earlier. Praise be to God. Monica Cortez. Paul Stossel was here. Uh, or Stasel. I think he's called, he pronounced it Stasel. Paul Stasel. Patty good, was on earlier. Good to see you. Patty, of course, always hanging out in the first hour. Jesus Robles, we're having a fun time making fun of you, my friend. But congratulations on obtaining your master's degree. Well done, good sir. Uh, well done. Uh, study of Hawks. Hagiography, he said the study of Hawks. That's interesting. Um, let's see who else was on. I'm looking, I'm looking. I think I'm, Sean. I think Jesus is making fun of Emily's Melanie. pronunciation. <laughs> Melanie Hawks. Hawks. Is it Hawks or Hogs? Hags. That's like a Boston accent almost. <laughs> I don't think it was quite Chicago. It was more Boston. They're, they can be similar sometimes. Uh, Jeff, he's, uh, they has Jonah, Dominic, Sienna, Genevieve, Elijah, and Jeff are on, on YouTube. So welcome, Jonah, Dominic, Sienna, Genevieve, Elijah, and Jeff. <laughs> Hello, that good is, morning. Uh, Jay Kumar says, uh, "Why Goals. is Islam rising? I thought Christian is increasing." That's a good question. Um, I think the immigration issue is a big 
concerning factor, which is what we talked about with Robert Spencer from And the Jihad birthing Watch. rates. Birthing rates are big. So, and this has been the case for many years in Western Europe, in Western countries, Europe in particular. Now in America as well, um, the like Italians do not reproduce at a rate high enough to sustain their culture. Neither do the English or the French or I, I don't know what the birthing rates in are. The Poor States. Americans. I know, but just looking at Europe for one sec, you know, their birthing rates have been very, very low. Now you add immigrants into it from uh, from uh, Muslim countries. Well, they don't have the same birthing rates. Their birthing rates are quite high, and so they're having many children. Whereas Europeans, you know, fallen away Catholics in many ways, who are embracing contraception and the self-centered lifestyle, uh, vacation life, and all the rest. Well, they can't compete just at the birthing rate level. So there's one concern. The next concern is, of course, these immigrants come in. And there are, like in France, for instance, and in the UK, and in other parts of Europe, there are no-go zones where police can't go into those communities and police them. If they're just not allowed in those communities anymore. So then you have the rise of, of these neighborhoods that are basically autonomous zones just for the um, immigrants that live there. So that's causing problems. And in France in particular, like we, we've seen a tremendous increase in arson in churches and for in the church and the state seems very hesitant to to really call a spade a spade there but all the reports suggest arson and then of course um you know now as the generals in france have warned and now are being punished for it apparently uh there's a potential civil war uh looming large there so and on top of all, all kinds of problems and those we're seeing same symptoms in the united states too and on top of all of that you still you have a, a large percentage of conversions to Islam as well, and this is a, a huge issue, especially today, because the uh, people are converting to Islam, especially in Latin American countries. It's quite surprising, but the reason is actually it makes a lot of sense because Islam is offering the people something radical, something powerful, um, and Christianity is saying, well, you know, you can just be a Christian, just believe in Christ, and they're not actually calling people to a radical uh, Catholicism. And so people are leaving the church and finding something that seems to have some kind of depth to it. But really, uh, if you look at Catholicism, especially in the old, um, in the, if you read the saints, when they talk about Islam, they used to make fun of Muslims because their, their practices were so lenient that their fasting was so weak. Um, but now we've become such a soft religion and we don't practice fasting. We don't practice abstinence. And people are not attracted to that. They're not. They're attracted to a radical call to a radical faith. Um, right. And that's what we have. And even like that's so funny you say that because even like some of the the Muslim traditions come from Christianity. Like if you look at the way that Muslims will pray many times a day with the prostrations and everything. If you go to certain Catholic churches, like in, in different rites, like the Eritrean rite. They do the same exact thing, and it comes from the divine office, so the Catholic tradition of praying and bowing um, throughout the day, and because Christianity predates Islam. And also, maybe we should talk about the, the role of the crisis in masculinity in this as well, because Islam offers a kind of, like, in the radical extremism, it offers a kind of what looks like masculinity is actually more like toxic masculinity, but because there's a crisis of masculinity, and Christianity sometimes seems so soft to people, or feminine, that men will convert to 
to Islam because it looks masculine. Um, and so that has to do with the crisis of masculinity as well. And the same for women as well. People, women are realizing the evils of feminism and they go in the complete opposite direction. And there's a lot of women surprisingly converting to Islam. Uh, so, you, yeah, we see there's a in Islam, there's a false what's referred to by the TFP as a false right. It seems uh, there's a they see recognize that things are going wrong in the, in the world and the church and they try to find the correct answer. But because they're not being guided and they don't they don't have a, a full vision, they go to false rights and false rights include like Islam or becoming a Republican Party uh, member or just <laughs> becoming relying on politics. These are false rights. Uh, the correct right is the church. It's being faithful to the church. Jay Kumar also says, but 2020 data shows uh, the world Christian population to be 32 or 33 percent, whereas Muslim is only 24 to 25 percent, maybe, he says. Well, I've not seen that data, but either way, it wouldn't surprise me if it were true, uh, Jay, just because uh, the issue is um, the West, the Christian civilization in the West is declining. We just saw a report not all that long ago here in the U.S. for the first time ever. Uh, America is under 50% of people who go to a church or a body of believers. And so faith is declining severely in the West, whereas uh, that is not the case for Islam. So it is a concern because of the things we talked about in our conversation with Robert Spencer from JihadWatch.org. We'll be posting that conversation later today on our social feed so you can replay that conversation. And you you can also check out the information at jihadwatch.org. Plus our conversation with Mario Insler, former Swiss guard. That was a lot of fun. Very informational. Very grateful for him, too. That's going to do it for today. After show is very short on Mondays because at 8 o'clock Central Time, it's another show. Thank God you for you. joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Live from the sun-drenched cobblestone. Yeah, I mean, 
Yes, ma'am. Got you. Light and clear. Believe in ex ex external light, which shake the faith of so many. Awesome. We have, um, and the, I'll send you the, I'll resend the video today again. So I'll send you all both of them. Nice. I love seeing all those pictures from the Swiss Guard. We ended up getting Swiss Guard on our show this morning. Uh, talk about uh, Mario. Um, last name is escaping me. Um, let me see. Mario Insler. Yes, yes. He speaks, I think, like five languages. Yes, former Swiss guard. He was under JP2. Yeah. yeah. So he was a Swiss guard under John Paul II. It would be super fascinating to talk to a Swiss guard under, uh, under uh, Francis. That would be super fascinating. Oh, sweet. No problem. but I couldn't handle it. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't very good. I, I couldn't, couldn't do it. Do you say you're sending me something?
Eight minutes. Seven minutes, actually. It's should be here sooner rather than later. No, no one got back to me. I thought I had someone for tomorrow, but they uh, never got back to me. Five minutes. You're welcome. You good, Joey? Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, got you. Um, not, I mean, well, we can see what we have at the end, but the two stories that you sent me, I think the German thing is pretty significant. Yeah, I, I, so I read that Pillar article yesterday or two days ago when they came out with it, and I was like, wow, it's really interesting, like... Taxes. It's crazy. Fun stuff. Always. The taxes are uh, really important. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. Let me turn this. That's great. That's all it takes.
Wow. You have to make a declaration of apostasy? What? That's crazy. Doesn't that take away the whole impetus of charity, of giving to charity? Wow. Yeah, the 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 back end of the deal is that the church maintained control over who like who controlled the the, the diocese, right? And not the the German government. It's uh in the United States it's a little bit different too because they Joey, your mic is covering your face. Could you move over to yeah, There I'm you go. Much better. Yeah, yeah. I'm just was leaning on my arm. No problem. Actually, I can move this down. 2 minutes. Yeah. All right, I'm set up on my end. Um, anything else that I should be aware of? I don't think so. Awesome. Thanks for good. Praise be to God. Hopefully, Simeon works today, and we won't have any issues. Uh, I mean, we just, I like the I like I really like the intro that we do. Like, you start us off, flip it to me, I do my thing, flip it back to you, and then we go. I I like that that flow quite a bit. One minute muting all. Live from the sun-drenched